This episode of the Quaddy Potty is brought to you by our good friends at Stridal. It's time to get out of the group chat and buy yourself the horse of your dreams today. Click the link in our show notes to see how you can access affordable horse racing ownership with Stridal today. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, punters of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Quaddy Potty. Cashy joined by Nico. How are you, mate? Good. Always good after a pretty average week, but um, we bounced back. We're back, so hopefully you guys are still back as well. Yeah, it's a long carnival. Many more weeks to go. Uh, We were very confident last week, and that's the great game, isn't it? Uh, Only one win on the day, fully lit from myself. No prizes for tipping that. And to really sum up the day... Your best bet looks amazing with 100 metres to go, then ends up finishing second last. My best bet looks amazing with 100 metres to go and then loses by the bob of the head uh, in a photo finish. That's two weeks in a row that's happened to me. But the great game, we move on, hey? Yeah, look, it happens, but um, it is what it is. We move on. Let's go. Yeah, mate. Uh, a few things that I'm really keen to get stuck into uh, this week, and I just want to open the show with it because it is the talking point of the town at the moment because... Uh, the plans to sell Rose Hill have been revisited this week because of the big first information session that the ATC had. They're doing a few in the next month to sort of really pump up the idea that Rose Hill is going to be sold. They're trying to sell it to the people. Uh, I went to the first one, so you didn't have to, punters, and so I could relay the information. Um, they tried to pump it up. It didn't work. They got yelled at for about an hour. It was hilarious to watch. I wouldn't have wanted to be them. But uh, I'm really keen to get stuck into that sort of chat. Yeah, I saw you went down to that. Um, you didn't really tell me you were going to that, but yeah, I'm very interested. So what, what did it kind of look like? What was the setup like? Well, so essentially I rocked up to Rose Hill not knowing what to think. They said, excuse me, sir, you know, you're here for the meeting. Come with me. Took me up to the big uh, director's room. Or it wasn't the director's room. It was the big sort of uh, hospitality room right next to the director's room. Bunch of chairs set up, stage, lectern. Uh, I would say no more than 100 members sitting in the room. Um, but obviously, straight away you notice, Gay Waterhouse, Chris Waller, they're around mingling. They're pretty tight, you know, they're sticking close together. And then they sit directly next to each other when they say, take your seats. And immediately I thought, okay, clearly something's going to happen here. They're clearly going to have some sort of say uh, they wouldn't be here otherwise and they wouldn't be, you know, sitting together otherwise unless it was just, you know, two friends catching up. Um, but, yeah, I made sure to take notes on everything because I thought this is a really important issue. I don't want to paraphrase it. I don't want to get anything wrong. I want to get the facts right. So... Should have recorded it. Oh, I should have, but I didn't know if I was allowed to. I didn't want to get myself kicked out. But um, essentially... I'll go through what the proposal was and what led to the Rose Hill sale, and then I'll get into the interesting stuff, which is uh, Walla and Gay having their response to the ATC board. So essentially, guys, uh, Rose Hill, uh, the ATC originally wanted the Metro stop. This is how this all started. They wanted the Metro stop outside of the race course so people could get there more easy. Um, Government said, nah, not enough houses around to constitute having a Metro stop. I know that it's good to have it outside the race course but we only put 
metro stops in places where there's enough houses. Whatever. Fair enough. Um, but then the government came back and said, uh, look, you know what? We could build a metro stop if we just buy the land and build the houses necessary. Um, so that's where the proposal sort of kicked off. If they didn't ask for a metro stop, this may have never happened. Um, and they admitted that. They said that the metro stop was literally the key to everything. Um, that's ridiculous that you need houses around. What, like, yeah, apparently that's how metro stops work. They only go where... Well, I mean, it gets makes the, sense. Where's the houses near the SCG? That's a great point, actually. That's a fantastic point. Near the SCG, near Randwick. Like, I know there's, some there's a lot of houses, near, but... There's houses out near Randwick, but near the SCG, there's, like, none there. Like, you towards Surrey Hills, but there's more stations there towards Surrey Hills. If there was... It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but apparently... I mean, I, uh, I see... Where, where's that metro line going? Is it going out towards Rose Hill or not? The one that's getting planned. Yeah. I believe if it's, it's real out of the way to go to Rose Hill, then it's a different story. But if they're going smack bang, like it's not that too far around it. The metro stop it? that's planned for Rose Hill is like smack bang out the front of it. Like it's, yeah, it's that's where I, but uh, I mean, me. so the government said, yeah, let's rezone Rose Hill. Let's give land to ATC at Horsley Park to make up for that. And we'll build the metro stop. Um, uh, for that deal was the fact that Rose Hill was going to be sold to the government so they could knock it down and build the dwellings. Um, and the reason that the ATC didn't just tell them to stick it where the sun don't shine is the ATC is actually in debt at the moment. They're $30 million in debt. And they claim that's because they have an unsustainable business model. I'll circle back to that later because that was a point of contention as well. Uh, they said we're you know, in a business where we rely on punting and wagering across the board is down on racing um, and the massive issue is the government have this contract with the TAB that, you know, clubs and the racing industry is only allowed to profit off the TAB's punting. They can't use all these other apps that are coming in. Um, so the fact that new apps have come in and the fact that sports betting is really blown up and taken a big chunk of the way from racing means that racing across, racing punting across the board, profits retained is on the down. So they claim we're in debt. We need to act now. Five billion. That's a big, big, you know, chunk of money. That would be very, very enticing. So that's why they actually, you know, opened the doors and said, come in, let's hear your proposal. Um, so that's the main thing. They've said that they think that the um, conditions across the board in all of ATC's courses, Canterbury, Warwick Farm, Randwick, Rose Hill, they say, you know, the member facilities, the grandstands, the tracks, they're nowhere near as good as they should be. Um, and without this money, they're not going to be upgraded for at least 20 years, if not more. So they want to act now. And that's why $5 billion was so enticing, as I said. Um, the way that they, you know, you ask, if they're in debt, how do they keep running? Apparently, Racing New South Wales has been propping them up giving them money. And Pay. again, <laughs> I will circle back to that because that was a big issue of contention as well. So that was sort of the welcome opening. That was the statement. So this is why. Then they were going to do the what happens now. But throughout the why, oh my God, he was getting chirped. The head of the agency was getting chirped constantly by the crowd, just yelling at him, you know, calling him in all, all sorts of names. People were scoffing at everything he said. Uh, but then it came to the presentation and it was 
for lack of a better term, it was shit. It was a terrible presentation. Here we were sitting there thinking we're going to get a big, nice presentation with lots of detail about what's actually happening. It was a slideshow presentation with about 10 slides. And wait until you hear the details made of what they're going to do with this $5 billion. So Horsley Park, the big training centre, that's going to be bigger than any of the tracks currently. It's going to be bigger than Randwick. It's going to be much bigger than Rose Hill was at 96 hectares. Um, it's going to be state-of-the-art, bunch of stables, a big 1,200-metre 12 meter, 12 meter straight to train the horses. They're going to have bush trails. They're going to have, you know, everything. They're going to have the works. So that was the crown jewel in this presentation. So everyone was like, yeah, cool, whatever. What are you going to do with the existing tracks? Warwick Farm would get an extra 600 stables on the land nearby, which, mind you, is in a flood zone. Warwick Farm can't actually be sold because it's in a flood zone. No one's going to buy land that's in a flood zone. So everyone was saying, why do you want to build more on top of it? It's going to flood. They're going to add 100 metres to the Warwick Farm straight. Uh, and they're also going to be big new landscape and facilities such as grandstands, whatever. Right? People didn't like that but were still sitting on their hands a bit. Then we got to Canterbury. And this is where people started to kick off. Canterbury's upgrade, 14 metres added to the straight. The already tiny straight, they said, guys, we're adding 14 metres to the straight. People just laughed. The only improvements to Canterbury was a 14 metres extra added to the straight and some extra guest facilities. And they said, this is where Gay Waterhouse in particular uh, kicked off. They said, Canterbury has never been intended to be one of our top tracks, just an asset to manage. Now, Gay Waterhouse was very mad at that. She basically yelled out, interrupted the speech, saying, how dare you say that about Canterbury? It's our best track. It's not a just asset to be managed. All the trainers love it. All the jockeys love it. It's got the best drainage. It's a crime that it doesn't have more events. And do you know what our most profitable track is? Canterbury. So how dare you talk so much rot about it? So... That was a massive kicking off point. So it started to reach a bit of a fever pitch. Um, also, another interesting point was that some of the money would go to provincial and country tracks like Hawkesbury, Gosford, Dubbo, Goulburn, who have since called up the ATC and said, hey, we want a slice of the pie. Let's make a bit of a partnership. So some of the money will be going to them as well. So... Just thoughts on that before I get into the responses. Yeah, you caught me on the back foot. Didn't realise you were going on this this much. Um, yeah, cool. Fuck yeah, gay. <laughs> so yeah, this is the interesting part, guys. I thought I'd there was a lot more in that bit, but I just wanted to breeze through it, and it, that is breezing through it. It was I'm a very. Say, are you, sure, are you sure you breezed through that? That was like ten minutes. It was a very, it was a very information heavy night, but I'll make sure not to keep you very much longer, punters. This is what you came for. This is the interesting stuff, Chris Waller. Gets up on the podium, basically said, uh-uh, my time to speak now. He basically said the racing board, do, uh, sorry, the board does not care about racing. They are faceless businessmen that don't care about racing. They don't have the eyes of the punters. They just, they're money hungry. It's a quick fix. They're thinking about the next 20 years, not the next 200 years. He thinks it's, they've been held unaccountable for their, poor business plan which is losing money every year don't blame the fact that you guys are losing money because who did that the board you know they need to cut costs they need to find 
any other point to not sell off their biggest asset. The ATC doesn't own the land Randwick is on, guys. They own Rose Hill. That's the big difference there. Rose Hill is their biggest asset, not Randwick, because they don't own Randwick. So he was saying it's shameful that they're just selling off their biggest asset as their first option. And he made a good point that, you know, let's just say you guys are losing $8 million a year. Knock $5 million off the Golden Eagle. Knock $5 million off the Everest. Is that all of a sudden you're making $2 million in profit a year? The numbers don't add up, guys. And the big thing he said, which I found interesting, he said, how dare you say that horses should live in a flood zone or live out at Horsley Park in 40-plus degree um, weather? You claim it's all about horse welfare. Give yourself an uppercut because it's not good enough. Why would I want to train horses out in 40-degree heat and in a flood zone? And there's a few other things, but... Then Gay Waterhouse gets up. Gay Waterhouse, Chris was very diplomatic about everything. Gay gets up and I write, she's pissed, like pissed. Calls out the board for being faceless businessmen who don't associate themselves with the members or race goers. Says that they aren't even at the meeting. She asked all board members present to stand up. Five of them stood up. She said, where's the rest of you? There's more than five of you. Uh, yes, Gay, there's seven of us. Where's the other two? Oh, they're, they're in transit. They're trying to get here. Boom. If they wanted to be here, they'd be here. Where are they? They don't care. They say they're flogging the track to get themselves out of the shit they put themselves in and they should be ashamed. They say She said they'd flog Randwick if they could. Thank God they can't because they don't own it. Nobody comes to Randwick except Everest Day, yet you want to put everything at Randwick and shun Rose Hill, Canterbury and Warwick Farm. People come to Rose Hill, Warwick Farm and Canterbury, but you put nothing on there. Everything goes to Randwick. And she says, Randwick's a lovely track. I train there. It's a lovely track. It's great. But that doesn't mean you just abandon all the other tracks. And basically, Chris and Gay, their main thing was, these are the people out here that are going to support you in 20 years' time. How dare you abandon them now? Like they're going to support you if Rose Hill gets sold. Like, it was... Mate, it was... It, I can't really put it into words. Like, you had to be there. Like, and there's, Should record it. There's three more of them coming this month. Like, and So who makes the decision in the end of the day? So the, And again, that's the only other thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, the guy said, like the head ATC, I forget his name. His name's Mark. I want to say McGoran, but I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, he said, guys... You can, you're going to vote on this. The members are going to get a vote. We're allowed to back out of this deal with the government. If you vote no, it's not happening. And the whole room just scoffed, laughed and said, bullshit. No 12 years ago when the STC and the AJC or SJC, AJC, when Sydney and Australian Jockey Sash Turf Clubs merged, when Rose Hill and Randwick came together and all of the clubs came together, the vote members voted no. And the board just went, oh, fuck yes, we're going to do it anyway. It's what's happening. You voted no, but it's what's happening. So they all basically got up. There was question time. The public got to get up. Gave him an absolute rinsing. He just stood there and took it. Couldn't really answer anything. Every time anyone, like, put him on the spot, Gay was just clapping. Well said. Here, here. Like, she was chirping him. All the members were chirping him. Like, if anything, it just made members more mad. And the one big thing to take out of it, above all else, that new track that they said's coming... That ain't coming. Someone asked him about it. 
He said, can't speak about it for confidentiality reasons, but I'll leave you with this. I just want to remind you all that in the original proposal, the new track was under active consideration and never a guarantee, which translates, we don't plan on making a new track. And the crowd didn't like that one bit, Nick. Mm. Wow. Very, very funny. Mate, wow. and it, literally everyone went up to Gay and Chris and thanked them for supporting them. Like, they basically just tore the board a new one, said that it's disgraceful, you're abandoning the punters. Like, don't say you need racing New South Wales money because we pay them, you know, they get their money from us. You get your money from us. So why are you abandoning us? It's shameful, like, it's disgusting, you don't care, how dare you, and... Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Flandy's there? Flandy's wasn't there. And that was the thing that Chris also said. He said, this is going to get back to Chris. I like you. You're the best racing administrator. I, I have mean, all Pete. the respect in the world. What did I say? Chris. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He said, Pete, Flandy's, this is going to get back to you. You're the best racing administrator that we've seen in a long time. But where are you? Where you been? You, you haven't been at any of the meetings. You're not here tonight. And if you agree with this decision to sell Rose Hill, I don't know what's going to happen to you because you're not going to have the support of the people. You're not going to have the support of the industry. So they also weren't happy that Pete wasn't going to be here. And they said, is Vlandy's going to be here in five years' time? Are you, Mr. McGowan, going to be here in five years' time? No, you're probably not going to be here in five years' time. So you're just running off with the money. Like, you're taking five bill and you're running. You're hiding behind the government. You're spineless. You're rolling over to the government. You don't represent the people of racing. You represent yourselves. So it's, it was very interesting. I can't wait for the next one. I'm not going to any of the rest this month because essentially it's going to be the same thing with different audiences yelling at them. But they say throughout the month they're going to update the proposal and keep putting it to the people because they're saying it's really diplomatic. It's not going to be. Maybe you should go back and try and record it. Maybe. I'm, I might contact the powers that be and see if that's allowed or if I can maybe no, get a couple of audio bites. Just do it. But what are you going um, to do? Tell you to stop recording. Oh, uh, well... But uh, yeah, they, it, it was it was terrible, uh, laughable, nowhere near enough detail that you'd think. No options. It's just this is what's happening. Usually, when you go to those things, there's options: option A, option B, option C. But uh, it was laughable. I, I honestly, I urge all of our listeners that if you're in the Sydney area, get down to one of the rest of them. Uh, there's one at Randwick coming up on a race day. There's another one at Randwick just on a Tuesday night, and there's one coming up at a Rose Hill race day. Get to it. It's quite funny watching everyone kick off uh, and make them feel like shit because they deserve to be because Rose Hill should not be sold. Nice. Anyway. All right, let's kick on. That was a lot of dribble from me. Good stuff, guys. A lot of passionate dribble from me. Let's let's kick on, okay? Short pod's a good pod. Well, Listen to questions, mate. Hit me. Short, short pod's a good pod. That's our normal length of the pod gone with that <laughs> spill. And I didn't say a word. Anyhow... Got our listener questions now, guys. So back to our normal, normal bit of the podcast. Um, first one's from Nathan Burkett. Does Switzerland win? We'll talk about that when we get into our rundown. Henry, our boy, uh, was Brightside's run last week convincing enough? Um, look, personally, yes, I think so. Didn't jump the best. Um, and I think um, Craig Williams left it a little bit late for... Um, for him to run on, but the last 200 metres was just so impressive. Mm. Um, probably Jen- Jenny ran better than I anticipated. Seems to have come back nicely this prep, um, but was only just holding on to that lead. Um, and I'll touch on it. Gee, I was wrong about a tissue. Um, look, you forgive the run. See where they take her next, I guess. Um, Wallace seemed really confident 
at her at the millions and told us specifically to look at her. But um, yeah, Michael D came out and said um, she just wasn't settled enough for the run. And they'll see how she pulls up. So look, that's racing. But um, overall, bright sides, yeah, genuine. Very satisfied. Would have won by more if he didn't bundle the start. That's really all you can say. Winners win. We said he was going to win. We just weren't going to back him at the price. Winners win, mate. Um, is from Horro. Uh, is Jimmy Star this year? This year's think about it goes up in grades and wins a huge race later on. Oh well, there's the potential. You've already said he's a future Group One winner. I think he's. All, uh, I agree with you, and essentially that answers the question. Think about it. Went from you know benchmark seventy twos or seventy eights, all the way up to an Everest win. I was there when he was running around in benchmark seventy eights, eighty fours. You know, in the last race of the day at Randwick, no one's there watching him. Then all of a sudden he's racing in front of um, 50,000 people for 20 million bucks. Jimmy Starr, who knows what race he'll go to, but he looks like a star in the making. That's all I can say. Um, and from punters and collectors, after pride of Jenny's run in the CF or stakes, does Nick still think it will be flop of the autumn? Interesting one. Um, definitely ran a lot better than I anticipated and I thought it would. Um, I'm not going to go back on my word just yet. I think that it'll always be behind Brightside. The best it'll be was second. Jeez, it was a gutsy run. It looked like, um, and same with the jockey said, they thought it was going to die out, come 200 metres to go, but she just had a tank on her and she just she's got an engine that just didn't fail. So, um, look, I don't think she'll win any, any big races. If she does beat Brightside, I'd be very surprised, but um, I'm going to stick with my word for now. But, um, yeah, she did run very, very well. Yeah, I think her best chance is just finding a Phillies and Mary race because if she goes to a race with the boys, she'll end up bumping in the bright side. Simple as that. Fair enough, and we're, we're finished from there. All right, mate. If you like on what you hear in punters, like us on Apple Podcasts, like us on Spotify, like, share, subscribe on YouTube. Give us that five-star rating so we can get in the ears of new listeners. The more we grow, the better content we can bring to you. And, of course, shout-out to our good friends at Dabble, mate. Shout to them. We're in the hat. Um, yeah, they help us out a lot and we're on there. So there's 26,000 other punters following us. So any tips that we name in the podcast, if you want to get on them, they'll be on our account. You can tap them, put a, whatever stake you want and it'll be simple as that. And then it's in your bet slip. You don't have to go looking through the markets and stuff like that, which is good for our multis and our different things that we play. Yeah, click the link in the show notes or just download the Dabble app. Use the code MOCKSPORTS when signing up to let them know we sent you. And if you do so, make sure to gamble responsibly. Think about what you could be buying instead and set a deposit limit, punters, because despite what you may think, safe gambling, well, not safe gambling, responsible gambling is fun gambling. Um, all right, mate, track report for Randwick. Currently a good four. I don't know how. It must have just drained because we've had uh, rain constantly over the last two days. It's been the real spitty stuff, but it still rains rain. Um and the rain's expected to continue. Uh, so I would think that at best we tip into the soft five or six. It hasn't been heavy enough to get to the seven. Rail's out four metres. So I reckon it'll be soft six. It's been, like, it's been soft rain, but it's been consistent. Yeah. Like It was all day. But I, I can't see it being soft seven or even heavy eight. Unless it pours. But um, if it's supposed to rain for the next couple of days. So I reckon it'll, it'll at least start on a soft six. It should I be think. soggy at least. But, um, but um, yeah, the, the, the four metre rail... But usually on the edge of when the leaders start to get a bit of an advantage at Randwick. Still not massive, but just look for those horses that are, you know, up around the pace. They've probably got a slight advantage. Those ones that are getting a bit too far back might have that disadvantage just moderate throughout the day. Um, 1,100 metres to kick us off. The Piero Plate, the two-year-old feature of the week. Mate, I'm just going to ask you so I can shut up a little bit. Uh, Two-horse race. 
Switzerland Shangri-La? Yes, uh, no. Is it a tour race or is it a... I don't want to say that when there's, when there's debutants in that seems to be a decent chance. Fly flies a unraced horse that's paying $15, won both of its trials. I don't think you can call it a two-horse race just yet. I think the two top chances are very good, but um, I wouldn't call it a two-horse race and a two-year-old race. Fair enough, mate. Um, look, Switzerland, he's the talk of the town. He's the number one seed knock off the powerful machine that is Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Uh, he's the second elect in the slipper market at the moment at $8. Um, but he's at a dollar ninety here. I don't know about that. I don't know if he's at a price where I'd want to be backing him. That's why I'm going to go with Shangri-La Express. Been on it twice for two wins so far. He's the third favourite in the slipper. He's at $9. Uh, just phenomenal. Everything he's done to date is what you want in an early two-year-old. Big, strong, smart, $3. I think he'll get to the front. Find it hard to get run down, mate. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm on it as well. Shangri-La Express. Um, it's gone into 230 Oh, jeez. So it's really gone in. But um, I think it'll win. So Shangri-La Express. But like I said, fly, fly. If you want to go for a bit of value, punters, $15, $2.30 for a little chance. Who knows? Could Might be a same up. race multiply. Yeah, 100%. Uh, race two, midway, benchmark 72 at 1,000 metres. Hard to pick here. I've looked through it um, a lot. And I really like the favourite, Rebel Dean. Having good form before in, behind, sorry, um, our Kobe son is good enough for me. And um, $4.40, it's going to be mine for the second. Straight to the point, Mad Darcy. Really strong victory first up at Gosford and can go on with it here. Should sit right behind the speed and be one of the strongest late. $7 to win, $2.50 to place. Not much else to say about a very, very open midway. Uh, same thing with the highway. Very open as they always tend to be. There's no real... Horses that are sticking above the pack here in my mind. That's why I'm just going to go whack each way on Denaru. Um, she's mostly been running around provincial and country tracks uh, with the only one city run coming at Randwick late last year, finishing two lengths off the finish in the highway. That's the last time she came um, into the city this prep. But, I mean, last start she made a lot of ground really late. Now gets that jump in distance that I think would only help her. Happy to take $11, $3.30 to place. Uh, on Denaru or Denaru, however you say it, in the highway. I'm taking Brock Cafe here. Um, fifth place last start in a class one, dropping down to the class three. Um, it says it hasn't run the distance before, but the 1880 is pretty much the same. So I'll take it here. Um, I think it's at $6.50 at the moment. So yeah, that'll be me. Head over to race four, benchmark 88, 1300. Uh, very interesting one, this one. Wind chat is your favourite at $2.10. One last start pretty easily, and I mean easily, 1,250 metres by five lengths. So my most impressive thought here was he's, he was also carrying a whopping 60 kilos and then now drops five. So that's one to look at. Tashi's been racing well as, as well. Um, last four runs, has had three wins in a second place. Um, another massive drop in weight brings her into this race as well. Meritable is the only other horse I really like in this race. At $5, looks a good chance. Has raced at the grade and comes second. Last start, narrowly missing the win. Uh, we'll be there, but I have to be w- with Winchat. Uh, that run last week was just too good. Five lengths win at 60 kilos is too impressive to go to go against. So drops down to 54.5, gets um, 50 extra metres, so I'll be with it at $2.10. Uh, I'll be with a horse that you also mentioned right down in the weights and looking good. That's Tashi, uh, $3.80 currently to knock off the... Short favourite win chat like you're on. Um, super gutsy. Super, super gutsy to get the job done first up. She looks like she'll be in for a strong prep. Should ride the speed here. Use that to slingshot her into the finish. 
She's never raced in this strong of a field, but that's why she gets right down in the weights as she jumps up in grade. Uh, and the good thing is she can go in just about all conditions. So if a soft six gets dished up or a good four, she should be, you know, right as rain to go. Um, $3.80, like I mentioned, on Tashi. Race five, mate, this is where the races start to get interesting. Excellent, excellent card produced at Randwick this week, and it picks up from here. The first four races, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to bet early punters, this is where you get involved, I reckon. Or maybe even wait one race later because you've got such a short favourite here. But race five is when shit gets real on the weekend. A lot of really good horses coming back to the races. You've got King of Sparta, Buenos Noches, Straight Asia, Cole Crusher, Golden Mile. Those, you know, there's a couple other in the race, but those are the ones I think any of them could get up without surprise, in my opinion. Um, but King of Sparta needs a dry track, guys. That's the main thing. You look at the weather. If the sun comes out on the day and it really dries out, I'd entertain him. But if it's even slightly soggy, his uh, his chances drop drastically, in my opinion. Uh, Buenos Noches, however, very short for very good reason. Ran pretty well in the Everest. Uh, almost beaten Imperatriz in the spring. Um, and also beaten Secret Home in that same race, which, you know, puts him up there with some of the best sprinters in the country. Uh, honestly, I, I think Buenos Noches just wins. But instead of getting him on the win punters, I'm thinking of going maybe a same race multi. I'm thinking of maybe going here. I looked at it earlier. It's paying around $5. Buenos Noches win. Malkovich to run top four. Because Malkovich is the only horse in this race that really likes to go forward. He'll be in the right part of the track to, you know, stick up there. And if he manages to kick on, he should hold on to a top four space. There's only seven in the race. So I think, yeah, Buenos Noches wins. Malkovich at the $23 to win mark. Won't be winning, but I reckon he runs top four. Whack him in a same race multi. That's my play for race five. Fair enough. I'm pretty much the exact same as you. King of Spider, if it stays dry, when it's not just if it, if it gets wet. Um, Golden Mile, I reckon, just not soon enough to 1,200. It's a I mile th- horse. I think he's probably this, using this for a bit of fitness. Yeah, this prep's really where they've got to decide that we're going to chop his nuts off or we're going to send him to the breeding barn because um, he was really good spring 2022, running around as a three-year-old. Somewhat good... Autumn 2023. Last spring, again, he's all right. He's, he's all right, but he hasn't shown what he he's best. His best can win here, but he hasn't shown that in a long time. Came third in the Eagle. Yeah, that's his best run since probably spring 2022, in third, my opinion. Third in the Epsom. Fuck, you're poking holes in it. Yeah, he, he pops up, but he doesn't win. That's the, that's the issue I have with him. He pops up in big races, but he doesn't win. Yeah, fair enough. Move over to race six, 1,200 metres. Uh, Olentia is your favourite at $3.20. Has a great record at the distance, three from three, and a great first up record, three from three. However, I just don't think... Um, I think that she needs to find her rhythm that she had early on in her career, and I don't see her matching up to it personally. Um, I really like Penthouse here. Second start... Sorry, second last start down in Caulfield. Comes back up to um, Sydney. Likes to track conditions, and at good odds at $10, I'll take her here. Oh, uh, yeah, really open race, so why not go for a bit of value? I'm going to take Penthouse, $15 to win, $3.30. Uh, Same as me. Absolutely super. Yeah, um, mate, you basically take the words out of my mouth. Um, shout out to the Corinda boys because they're the ones that put us onto this horse. Yep. Um, and she was group three place last start. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Penthouse. Get on. Um. <laughs> 
Race seven, fantastic field for the Apollo Stakes, as it has been the last few years. It's been really good. You know, last year it was Animo, Hinged, Fangirl, Profondo. The year before that, Mwanga in its prime, very elegant in its prime. Um, now we get, you know, Think It Over's back in business after a good spring. Uh, you've got Buckaroo, who's stuck around after the spring in the hands of Waller now. Uh, and, of course, you've got Fangirl. I will, however, to the surprise of no one, be on Fangirl. I love her. She's up there with my favourite horses going around at the moment. J-Mac won't mess around. Um, he, he'll make sure she's not too far back. He'll get her up, you know, probably in that first six going around the bend. Uh, and she'll just go zoom down the uh, down the straight. And, I mean, $2.30. She's one of the best horses in the country. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, Fangirl wins this one. Isn't running around behind Animo anymore. So um, she should win. We've got a race eight here, the 1,200 metres. I look, really like this race. Learn to fly is back, mate. Learn to fly, Very hey? Very keen. Very keen. Tis Invincible is your favourite. $4 is a good chance. Um, has won two trials since going for a spell um, in front of Buckaroo, which is pretty good to go off if you like that form from the race before. Um, I'm going Learn to fly. It's done the same. It's had three trials. It's won two. It had one where it came four lengths off, but... Um, We'll, we'll give it a go here. Learn to fly. I'm going to bring it back. Um, yeah, it's technically unbeaten from all its races that it's finished. Uh-oh, it's happening again. We're going all the same horses. I'm on learning to fly as well. I think, yeah, this is the most intriguing race of the day. It's probably the best betting race. So open. You've got horses that dominated the spring, like Tis Invincible, Kamochi, Autumn Ballet, combined with the best autumn horse last year, like Learning to Fly, like you said. She hasn't been beaten except for the time she went to water in the Golden Slipper. Uh, you know, I don't even think she got counted as a starter in that race. Badly no, injured herself. It counted. it counted? Well, yeah, badly injured herself. We didn't think we'd ever see her again, but she's back in a big way. Her trials have been phenomenal. Um, usually, I like to watch them go around first because at the risk of them being underdone, I just think her best, if she's still the same horse, has to be better than this crew. So I'm on learning to fly as well, mate. As we move to the ninth, open affair at the mile. I'm gonna so I'm gonna revert to a horse that I'm quite familiar with in Miracle Spin. Uh, won excellently at this track uh, when second up. Was at this distance as well, and a couple of the horses that met that day is here as well. So they'll have to turn the tables on him. Um, was very flat at the um, Flemington third up though, which Worried me a little bit, but he's trialed since, should be ready to go. Hopefully, you know, has his racing shoes on and the hat strapped on, ready to go. $12 to win, $3.40. Happy to have an each-way play. I'm liking a lot of value. Penthouse, you know, Miracle Spin. I, li- I like maybe those two to place in a multi. That should get you around $10. So, I mean, yeah, Miracle Spin for me in the ninth, mate. I'm going Logan Street line here. I liked its run last start. Fourth, 1.1 lengths off the winner um, and the same benchmark. So, yeah, it'll be mine. Um, as we head into the last here, mate, benchmark 78, the 1,400. We finish it off here nicely. Um, look, I already know who I'm going to pick, and I've been trying to practice this all day. I reckon I'm going to say it wrong. Grassa Styler. It is one of the harder horses. I'll Grass- give you points for that. Grassella Styler is Grassella how I Styler. say it. Russell style at $5 will be for me. Good run last start, third place in the benchmark 78. So it's one, I mean, it's placed, sorry, at the benchmark before. Um, I really like it. It's going to be mine in the last, so. Lovely. Again, I'm going to have to go favourite in the last. I know I've been very boring the last few weeks. Um, for those of you who've been following my tips on themoxballs.com.au, 
um, even before last week. I've, I've been a perennial favourite backer in the last, and it keeps biting me in the ass because they keep losing in a photo finish. But Thunderlips, you just have to be impressed. First up, ran very in a pretty strong field, almost all of which have gone on to win, including the winner, Cabalas, who came out and won that Group 3. Uh, so, I mean, Bjorn Baker as a trainer is flying. 33% in his last um, 35 starts have been wins. Uh, Gibbons on board, down in the weights, you know, should push forward. All signs point to a strong run. I'm happy to have a play on at $2.60 here with Thunder Lips. As mate, we'll move to the great tip-off. I've got the edge on you very slightly from that fully lit win uh, last week. We go to the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Of course, those of you who remember last year, won by Cool and Gatta, which uh, spelled sort of the end of uh, Nature Strip's run of glory the year before that. Home Affairs knocked off Nature Strip and what was, you know, worrying signs before the strip dusted off his uh, shoulders and came out and dominated the rest of the year. So it's a, it's a race bathed in history, of course, named after Black Caviar because... Uh, she won it, I believe, three times. Uh, has the track record from it. It's a great race. It always is every year. And doesn't often attract a massive field, but the field is always stacked. I've found that out the last few years. You know, you've got some talented three-year-olds here. You've also got what is considered the best sprinter in the country, Imperatriz. You've got Private Eye. You've got Bella Nipatina. The names go on, mate. So, but before we get into it, have you got the stats in front of you, mate? Ah, uh, yep. Let's go through it. The key facts and stats that you need to know before making your pick in the Lightning Stakes. Uh, 28 of the last 34 winners have been running first up. Only 10 of the last 34 favourites have won this race, so don't be scared to look for value punters. Seven of the last 14 winners ran it in the Champions Sprint. In the previous spring. The last two winners of the race have been three years old. However, 10 of the last 17 winners have been five or older. Being a proven performer often pays dividends in this race with 12 of the last 14 winners coming into the Lightning Stakes haven't already won at least one Group 1 in their career. That's interesting there because you've got the last two winners being three, so that looks good for the I Am Unstoppables of the world but it hasn't won that group one. Um, it's also first up, which fits. Uh, but then you look at the uh, Imperatriz, you know, has won the group once, ran in the champion sprint, but then not much of a favourites race. So, you know, those omen punters, you've got a lot of options to look at, but not one horse really fits the bill as we've found in other sort of races. So, mate, when you look at this race on face value, what are your thoughts? Imperatriz is going to be hard to beat. Obviously, um, came fifth in that trial. Not sure how much you're going to look into that, punters. They claim um, it was just an off day. She'll be ready to go. Yeah, not too sure. Um, can't back up the price. Gets out to $2. You can put some money on it, I'd say, if you really want to be a risky punter. I think it wins, and it wins pretty easily. I personally, for the tip-off, won't be on it. I'm going to go with Private Eye. I think they've taken it down there for a reason. Um, him, sorry, taking him down there for a reason. He's going to be a good chance at $5 and $1.50, I think. Um, it's going to be my tip. He's, um, his first up record is probably um, as good as it can be, whereas Bella Nipotina would be my other chance against Imperatriz. Really gets going at in after, after Bella Nipotina's had a couple runs. So um, I think the first up, um, Private Eye, looks the best. 
Fair enough. To be plain and simple, punters, the 1,000 metres at Flemington can often often needs a specialist. You need to be quick to win this race because you don't have that bend to go around to build momentum. You don't have that extra 100, 200 metres to really get your motor going late. You need to, from barrier to post, be super quick, super sharp out of those gates and be able to sustain that straight line speed. That's why when I'm looking at those Bella Nipotinas, those private eyes, um, I'm thinking maybe they're not going to have that because they get better over longer. Private Eye hasn't run at the distance since its debut run all the way back in, I think it was 2018, 2019 now. Um, might have even been 2020, but it's been a long time. Long, long time. Um, then you've got two horses, I think, that can sustain that speed. That's Imperatriz, which is obvious. Then I am unstoppable. I'm going for a three, the third straight three-year-old victory. Uh, Imperatriz, I think, wins. Just like Brightside last week. Wins, but you've got to look for value, not only for points, but from a punting point of view. I'd rather go the $7 chance here than the $1.90 chance in case she gets rolled. In fact, I'll be having two plays on this race. I'll be having um, I Am Unstoppable each way, uh, and I'll also be having a uh, Imperatures Win Unstoppable Top 3 Same Race Multi, which should pay around $4. Um, but yeah, I mean, what can I say? They, the claims out of the camp that Unstoppable is absolutely flying. Has formed behind Osmosis. Last time it was down the Flemington Strait. It was coming second behind Osmosis in the uh, the Coolmore. So, I mean, you can't complain. I think Imperatriz and Unstoppable are the two horses to look at here. If Imperatriz gets out to $2, maybe entertain it. But Unstoppable is my main play for the tip-off. Hopefully it gets up and I take a strong lead on you, my friend. Fair enough. All right, mate. What have you found around the country? Um, I'll let you go through first. I've just got to finalise the prices. All right, just nice and quickly. Flemington race five, Wishlaw last two dollars ninety. She's six for nine in her career. She's yet to let me down, so I just got to keep backing her till she does. King Colorado race seven, fantastic when first up. Will have the fitness edge on this lot and has the form of being a Cox Plate horse, so he's the one to beat at three dollars. Jimmy Star, jeez, race nine. We were talking about him. He's a dollar fifty. I reckon he smashes them, but I reckon Jimmy Star win. Savannah Cloud. Same race multi, $5. You took mine out. (laughs) Third same race multi. I don't often do same race multis, and all of a sudden I'm doing three in one episode. Those same race multi backers out there, this is the episode for you. Um, Thanks to a lot of short favourites going up against good value place chances. Uh, But, mate, have you finalised the prices? Yeah, Aussie Nugget. Yeah. Up there in Eagle Farm, race nine, $12, $3.50. And then my last one, which was... Let me get it up, punters, sorry. Uh, Don Gal, race number six at Flemington, seven dollars. Death Tackers and Nick backing Aussie Nugget on Aussie the Aussie Nugget, mate. That's back in the mock racing club days. Yeah. I think Aussie Nugget, where he falls as well. Whenever I see him running around in Queensland, smile comes on my face. That was literally the horse. That was the original mock horse. Where he falls, I reckon. Every start, we're like, this is the best horse in the world. I love that horse. He's so good. Turns out. He was running around in like benchmark 64s and 72s. I'm like, this is the horse. Shows how much we knew back then, punters. But uh, the quaddy, mate, what have we got? You're lucky I had, well, you forgot to do this and I've gone through and I've, I've finalised it whilst recording. Oh, Fangirl, yes. Think It Over, Militarise and Lindemann. Race 8, we got Learning to Fly, Tis Invincible, uh, Facile and Kimochi. Race 9, Logan Street, Lion, Miracle Spin, Redstone Well and Mahagoni. Race 10. Grassle, Grassle Styler. Grassle Styler, Starman, Time Quest, and Thunderlips. 
Fifty dollars gets you nineteen and a half percent. Yeah, lovely stuff. Let's go bang on that quaddy punters. I'm literally going to be down there at Randwick this weekend. Come say hey if you see me, and I'm hoping I'm going to be alive in the last leg of the quaddy. If it gets up, wait to hear those cheers. I'm going down with a big group of boys. We're probably all going to get on it. Fingers crossed it gets up, mate. If you can have one bet around the country, if you're putting one bet on, who's it going to be on and why? It's Winchat two dollars ten for me. Um, I think it's race four at Randwick. Like I said, drops five and a half kilos, one by five lengths. It's pretty good to go off for me, punters. I think that'll be my best of the day. I'm going to be fangirl. I mean, what's there to say about her? She's probably the second best horse in the country behind Mr. Brightside, in my opinion. I know some people might not agree with that, but even though she's up against a stacked field, we saw with Mr. Brightside last week, winners win. And she is a winner, especially when she gets to Randwick and she doesn't have to chase Animo's tail. J-Mac loves the horse. He knows it inside and out. He'll make sure to get her over the line. $2.30. Fangirl, best of the day for cashing. Fair enough. All right, mate. Until next week, anything to say to the punters? Hopefully we have a better week than last week. That's um, for sure. Yeah. Best of luck. Um, Fangirl into Imperatrice. Ooh, lovely. A little multi to finish off the episode. All right, punters, make sure if you're gambling this week, so sorry, week and do so responsibly. Set a deposit limit. Think about what you could be buying instead. We'll see you next week. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the